Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Um, This is actually the final episode of a three-part mini-series we have been doing on Terry and I's accountability system. Um, Make sure you guys go check out the first two episodes. The first one is going to explain what the system is, how it works, and share some fun stats about it. And that second episode, um, which would have been the episode right before this one, uh, would would explain the uh, first half of the takeaways we've had from over a year, or actually exactly a year, um, of doing this system. So today... With this final episode, we're going to be um, going over the final points, the final principles, takeaways, whatever you want to call them, of um, our system. And then we are going to just do a little recap um, and call it good there. So anyways, uh, I don't, I forget what point we're on, seven, eight, something like that. Um, the next principle is actually um, an established law. Parkinson's law. Uh, and it's something that um, I think a lot of people know about, at least if you're fairly familiar with the productivity space, Parkinson's law is a fairly common um, law out there, but uh, I'm probably going to butcher the exact phrasing, but I believe it's something along the lines of work will expand to the time allotted to it. Um, Terry, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but essentially what it means is Um, if you have any sort of work whatsoever, um, it's going to expand to the time that you allow yourself, um, to work on it. So here's, here's my favorite example of this. And I think it explains it really well. Um, in high school, my junior year, um, we had a project in history class that, um, it was a fairly simple yet big project. We just had to pick some sort of topic. I forget what it was about and write a pretty long paper about it. Um, I don't know how long, but it was long and then do some sort of presentation. Okay. Like, so a a big school project, but in the grand scheme of things, not that big. Like um, I, let's just say it was like 3000 word paper and a 10 minute presentation. Uh, Realistically, you could sit down, probably research for an hour or two, um, write the, write that length. And I want to say about three hours, if you're really cranking it out, at least with my personal writing speed. Uh, and then you could give a 10 minute presentation, maybe, you know, an hour to prepare for that. And then actually, uh, you know, do your presentation for 10 minutes. So all in, I think we're about five, six hours, um, for this entire project. And so if you really sat down and could do it, uh, in, you know, a short amount of time, you could knock this out in five or six hours. So what I found interesting was, um, sorry, this is a complete uh, ramble side story, but I think it's interesting and really demonstrates the point well, um, is the teacher gave us six weeks to do this project. And when I say six weeks, I mean, he gave us like the class every single day for six weeks to work on this project. Um, So I would have to do the math. I think that's five hours a week times six weeks. He gave us 30 hours in class to do this project. Um, Of course, you could also do it on your own at home. Uh, which is what a lot of people did. But what I watched happen was the um, kids for the first, honestly, four or five weeks did nothing but talk to their friends, sit on their phones, play games, um, 
whatever, because the teacher didn't care. He was like, I'm giving you six weeks to do this. I don't care when you get it done. Uh, and then obviously as the last few weeks roll around, um, but really the last few days, then you see people, um, have that urgency, like, Oh crap, I got to get this done. It's a big project. Uh, and it it honestly probably would take a couple of days because a lot of people aren't going to be that focused and work that hard on it as I suggested. Um, but what you see happen is probably a majority of the class, like 80%, um, finishes their project on the last night that it's due. And you're just sitting here thinking like, why did he give us six weeks and people wasted four or five of them just for the entire class to like waste all those weeks, uh, to then get it done on the last night. Um, but that's honestly how a lot of things work in our, in our life where, um, we're going to push our work off as long as we can. And as, as much, or to the degree that we have time available. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of these points are kind of centered around that we've been realizing more and more lately. Um, and so what's the solution to that? It's hard to say. Um, I actually asked the teacher, I said, have you heard of something called Parkinson's law? Um, I wasn't trying to be smart or anything. Uh, I just was like, curious because like, I think he was getting a little frustrated at one point, like how people were just wasting all the time that, uh, that he was giving them. Um, and so just like on a, on a one-on-one setting, I said, like, have you heard of Parkinson's law? And, um, I don't remember if he had or hadn't, but we talked about it a little bit and I was like, I think that's kind of what's happening. Um, he didn't change anything about it, but you know, I think maybe he realized for the future, don't give kids that much time. Um, he was kind of a newer, newer teacher. So, um, anyways, I think, this could really be applied to a lot of areas of your life. And that's, like I said, it's going to be the central theme of the rest of the points we're going to, men- we're going to mention today. Um, but that said, I kind of explained this in a very long winded manner, but Terry, do you have any like follow up on how this could be a bit more useful? The way I've seen Parkinson's law applied to this system specifically is that there will be many weeks when I get my week's tasks done in the last day. This happens all the time. Like it's, I just, it almost feels like it's just human nature. Um, so there'll be, yeah, it, I'll have a couple tasks set for the week and I might get it done in the last one, two days of, of the week, um, right before this, this call when, when everything's due. So that's, that was one of the reasons I mentioned that in a, in the first episode we did on this series, um, that a daily version could be useful because you would be more concentrated in the the time allotted to it would be a shorter time frame, and so you would just get a lot more done. Um, because I, I imagine if I can get done the tasks I set for the week on one to two days, then I could get roughly like imagine if I did that each day, right? So then I'd be getting five ish times the work done. However. If I if I just tried to five x amount of tasks I put for the week, I would probably fail because they'd be like, "Oh, I've got the whole week to do this. I'll just wait till the last three days, right?" And then something it pops up inevitably, something happens, and I fail most of them or whatever it is. Now that's not always the case, but that would probably be how it goes. Um, that's how I would say that's the reason we might miss a lot of our goals we set too because we just set a big arbitrary goal like make a million dollars a year. And we set it for five years out and we're like, great, I've got four years to figure this out. I'll take my time. Don't have to worry about it. And we don't actually 
shrink like we don't actually break those big goals down into smaller tasks for a, a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis to actually track our progress and see if we're actually putting the work in and we'll actually end up achieving that goal. So I think it's it just applies. The reason we've been talking about this so much is because in a large way this has shown up time and time and time and time again in both of our lives. It's it's a huge principle. It's one of my favorite quote unquote laws. All right. So the I think that was the seventh principle. So our eighth principle is make your goals more failable by dividing the cost of the cost over the week uh, to avoid failing and giving up on the goal entirely for the whole week. I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. This is a good example, so I won't ramble. Um, here's an example. Occasionally, when, when I was trying to fix my sleep, my sleep schedule, my sleep uh, patterns and routines, whatever you want to call it, um, kind of just fix that in general. What I... The mistake I made was I approached it by setting the task as sleep. Get, get in, like Say if I was staying up super late, I, I moved it down to like midnight or 11 p.m. or something. Um, I would say be in bed by midnight, for example. Be in bed by midnight um, five out of seven days this next week. So I'll give myself like one day in the week if I can kiss I need to stay up to do school. This was often during this last semester when I was doing this kind of stuff or setting these tasks. So I'd give myself one day during the week in case I needed to stay up to do school and like one day uh, on the weekend to stay up and hang out with friends or something. But five out of seven days in the following week, I wanted to be in bed by midnight. But what happened is if I accidentally, maybe this is Parkinson's law, Parkinson's law again, if I blew through those two quote unquote skips or breaks I had in the first two days of the week and say if I even messed up and I just, um, actually was in bed past midnight, like much later than midnight, three days, right? If that happened, which occasionally it did, then I would have no motivation to keep doing it because I'd already failed the task. So there's no point in me like trying to muster up the the motivation and the, and the discipline I needed to go to bed on time that day or that night because I'd already failed it. So what ended up happening, so what we ended up doing to prevent that is changing it to where each day has its own penalty. And what that does is that if I'm, and I might still give myself some skips on that, so that if I want if I want to give one night or two nights that week to staying up to hang out with friends or going out somewhere, then I can do that without paying money. But what it ended up looking like was instead of lumping the whole week together as one failure, if I had stayed up past my two skips, then it would be, I would just pay. I'm already overcomplicating this. How do I do that? Um, <laughs> uh, basically, the point is, rather than it being like a $10 task, I fail for the whole week. Uh, each night, I might pay $2. So if I go to bed on time that night, I don't have to pay the $2. If I go in bed the second night, I don't have to pay the $2. If I go, in, go to bed on time the third night, I don't have to pay $2. But if I um, mess up and I am up late three nights, that week, then I stole the motivation to get the other four completed. So that's kind of the that's kind of the point of it. That task or that principle there was to structure your tasks in such a way, stru- structure your mini goals in such a way that it motivates you to keep doing it, to keep building the consistency and keep building the habit, rather than just giving up on it early because you had a mistake or you 
failed more than you thought thought you would. So that's kind of important there. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I think you nailed it there. That's basically what I did with my um, monthly habit tracking system. As I discussed, I think I was in the previous episode. No, I think it's the first episode. Um, just breaking down those goals to a point where if you fail um, part of it, you don't just like fail the whole week or the whole day um, or whatever it is so that you just give up. Like you want to, you don't want, because regardless of the goals you're going to set in life, you're going to fail um, parts of them. Some of them, it's just inevitable. Like no one's perfect. Um, We saw our, our stats in the first episode. Like we obviously, I think had more failing weeks than we had perfect weeks. Um, and so you could see like, it's inevitable in life that you're going to fail. So if you can kind of structure your goals to be more failable, it's going to help you actually succeed in the long term because you're not going to give up after you fail once. Like if you think about, um, new year's resolutions, you know, if you had the revolution, the resolution, I'm going to go to the gym every day in 2022, 2020, 2023, whatever it is. Um, and then you make it 10 days in, but January 11th you don't go to the gym for whatever reason, you know, shoot, you're done. Your, your goal's over. It's just like, at that point, what motivation do you have to go to the gym on January 12th? You have none. Like, unless you had other reasons to go to the gym, you would not go to the gym because of your goal, because you already failed your goal. Whereas if your goal was something like go to the gym, um, 300 days in 2022, you get 65 misses but spread out across 12 months. Uh, what is that? Like five misses a day ish, five or six misses or a month. I mean, um, so you have to be like a lot more mindful. I can't really miss that many uh, days. Otherwise I'm not going to hit this goal, you know? So, um, it's just making those goals more failable is going to allow you to continue those goals, uh, in, in the long term. So, all right. Point number nine here might be worded a little weirdly, but, um, Urgency with some sort of deadline will fuel you to get more done. Um, this ties back into Parkinson's law, which, as I said, it's going to be the underlying theme for this episode. Um, we also have another point on here right above it that we weren't going to focus on too much, but I want to tie it in. Uh, like the, the times when you're most stressed in life is usually times when you're also the most productive. Um, and it's kind of weird how that works, but when you have that deadline, like, as I said, with my story at the start, um, when those kids realize like, man, this teacher's given us six weeks to do this and the deadline's tomorrow, they're going to do whatever it takes to get that project done, um, before, before class the next day, right. Whether it means stay up the whole night, whether it means skip their first six classes of the day to get the project done. Cause the project was worth like something crazy, like 50% of our grade, um, because it, he gave us so much time to do it. And so, um, once you have that stress kick in, then you're going to be like unstoppable, um, productive and whatnot, just to get whatever the goal is done. Um, but that said, there's some negative consequences. Cause we all know that when we're stressed, we don't feel good. Uh, we're usually not in the best mood and we're just kind of short angry with people. Um, and I think that's just like a natural human response. So there's like pros and cons to stress. So you want to be careful with, um, with how you do this. But I think when we were talking about Parkinson's law earlier, the solution to both, um, 
general issues with procrastination, but also specifically with the story I shared was the teacher should have just given the class less time, two weeks, one week, whatever it is. Um, he could have got everyone to produce um, work that was at least like pretty close. Um, I know Matt Diavella has said, like, if you want to stop procrastinating, then give up on perfection uh, and shoot for just like hitting 90% of where you want your, your work to be. And so if he gave us one week to do that project, I would uh, venture to say that students would um, at least get about 90% of their final product developed within that week. Um, just because or like, like their best capable work is what I mean. Um, because he shortened the time frame, and that would give him five extra weeks to teach more about history, do other projects, who knows? Now, of course, as a student, I don't want that. I don't want to have to do more work. Um, but in life, if you want to um, get more done, then maybe I would suggest somehow artificially uh, creating deadlines for yourself with your work. That could look like an accountability system like this. Uh, I think Terry's idea of this on a daily level could be amazing. Um, it could look like you being super um, disciplined yourself and just saying, I need to get this done by 10 PM on uh, the 15th of the month, whatever. And you're going to get it done by then. I, I could say from experience, that's a little bit harder to stick to. So that's why I'd recommend like some sort of accountability buddy in that regard. Um, but regardless, creating those deadlines, I think is how you combat procrastination. I could just say from personal experience that whenever I have uh, those times in my life, when I have that huge deadline, like right now is a perfect example. I'm preparing for a six month trip. Um, and I actually, at the time of this recording, have two days left until I leave. And so right now you could, you could um, say, I'm pretty stressed and I'm like having to work extremely hard to get everything done beforehand. Um, but that's contributing to me having some of the most productive days of my life. Um, so you could see how the two kind of correlate, but anyways, those are my thoughts on the subject. Terry, anything else to add? Not much. I think it's just like, they're probably pretty good sub points of Parkinson's law there. Um, but those are all great examples. Um, the, what is this? The 10th, the 10th principle we've, uh, written down here or that we're sharing is actually, I'll let you take, take the summer one, Jacob. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, pursuit of productivity one, because you could probably word the summer one better than, than I would be able to. Um, okay. the, this is actually the 11th, but I'm just going to treat it as the 10th. <laughs> uh, the, the pursuit of productivity is never ending and unfulfilling. So don't base your worth on it. And at some point, you'll just have to call it quits for now. I think this is kind of just a direct uh, uh, addressing workaholicism, where I, at times, have noticed like I can be very workaholic. And uh, it, I don't think it's... I, I think it's a good thing that Jacob and I are both driven, very driven and driven people and like to achieve um, big things and have big goals. Uh, but if we let it control us, then it can be a negative thing in that there will always be more work to do. Um, perfection is impossible to achieve. Uh, like true perfection is impossible to achieve. And so if you base your, your worth as a person or if your expectations of yourself is that you need to be perfectly, 100% perfectly productive every day, day in and day out, 
and by whatever means you define productivity, whether that's like completing every item you put in your to-do list every single day or what, um, you'll probably be fairly unhappy <laughs> most days because life isn't perfect. Something like you're going to get a curveball thrown um, at you occasionally and it's going to be out of your control. And so this is kind of just coming back to the point of there would be times when I would be upset with myself at the end of the day. And I would, after doing some reflection and kind of trying to think about why it was because say I hadn't completed all the tasks on my to-do list for the day. Maybe it was out of my control. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I made a mistake. Who knows? Uh, but I was upset with myself and I would ignore all the great work I had gotten done and all the good things that had happened, all the time I spent with family and all those things in general. And so I just noticed I was a, um, a negative way to approach it and that it discouraged me and it, it was a, a poor frame of, mind to be, frame of mind to be approaching things. I think Jake has something really good to say on this as well. So we're going to, uh, I'm going to push that over to you in a second here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all. So just be very aware of what you're, how you're judging yourself, how you're measuring yourself and what you're, what you're measuring your worth by. And I would not recommend making it your, your to-do list is, is basically how I would just summarize it all. Very well said. Um, yeah, that's like, that's so key. I think to getting to a place of where you're happy uh, with your life and happy with your productivity is just recognizing that you're not ever going to hit like this point where you're like, okay, now I'm productive. Now I'm successful. Now I'm whatever. It's like as humans, as, as driven, motivated humans, we have this desire to like always want more and more. And you could look at it, the same thing happens with greed and money. And like you want more and more and or possessions. You want another house, another car. You want a boat, you want a, a jet, whatever it is. Um, you always want more and more and you're never satisfied. And I think it's very easy for us to see the issue with that mindset of like always wanting more and more uh, money or, or more possessions. We could see the issue with that but we don't always see the issue of um, productive people always wanting to be more and more productive. And I, this is like something that um, is so, so big for me. Like I, I'm just starting to realize this about myself um, is that I have like worked so hard on all the things I've done the last um, few years, but looking back, it's like, yeah, I accomplished some cool things and I, and I'm, I got some cool things that I'm working on, but what did that really get me? Like, did that really make me, um, more happy, more fulfilled, more content odds are no. I mean, on most of it, of course, there's some of that is that's necessary that you have to do. Um, but I would just, you know, ask you, where are you putting your value in life? Um, and of course, like, I'm just going to say again, not everyone is, is going to struggle with this. It's going to be the productive, motivated, driven people that really need to hear this. Um, they need to hear the fact that like your value and your fulfillment cannot come from how productive you are. Um, because the reality is you could always be more productive. You could always get more done. Um, I, I laugh at every time, um, I, I talked a little bit about my, my GTD list, my to-do list, essentially every time I get it below a certain number of tasks, it was actually a fairly common goal for me in this accountability system to say, 
get my GTD list below 50 items, below 30 items, sometimes below like 20, 25 items. Every time I would get that list under that amount, it shoots right back up because there's always new things that come up. Um, there's always new projects that you start just as a driven person, you always have like the next thing that you're going to be working on. Uh, and so if you don't realize that there's always more to do, then you're just going to burn yourself out. Uh, and you're going to like, just hit a point where you're like, I've been working so hard for so long, trying to accomplish everything, but there's always more to do. Like no matter what you do in life, there's always more to do till the day you die. Um, and so that's where I think this end of workday routine also comes in is realizing, yeah, I got a ton of stuff to do right now. Um, but that's not more important than my work-life balance and like actually respecting my health and my well-being and trying to avoid burnout. Um, you just need to recognize that at some point you have to call it quits for the day and you have to pick up where you left off tomorrow. You know, maybe you're worried about, uh, you know, you don't want to leave things off that are like half started. Um, there's been research that shows it's easier to, to start something again after you've already started it than for you to start something from scratch. Um, so it's actually better for your productivity to leave a project like half started because you could easily the next morning pick it back up. Um, whereas it's a lot harder to get motivated to start something brand new. Um, and so I think it's just a key thing to realize that that pursuit of productivity is incredibly unfulfilling. It's never ending. I mean, it's just not going to get you anywhere in life. Um, and so that kind of ties into our last point. And um, I think we just went to like a, a very deep existential level. And now we're going to pull it back a little bit um, and come back out of that a little bit. But the last point is that, you know, summer is often an adjustment period that takes a while to get the hang of. And um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to go from that last point to this one. But I think they're actually incredibly intertwined when you think about how, um, I mean, this, this point is, I, I came up with this point, but it's actually more geared toward the stage that Terry's in right now. Um, at least what I think. And he essentially, he's, he's got out of school. Um, and he, for a while was having to work hard to get some stuff done before this trip he had to Puerto Rico. Um, but now that he's back, he's kind of in this weird limbo with a lot of, uh, his work that he's doing, doesn't really know what to be working on. Uh, and that was something that I found myself in, you know, just a couple of weeks ago when I was about a month into my summer. And I think it, it just like, it's important to recognize that, like Terry said, you can't strive for per perfection day in, day out. You have to give yourself some leeway to like not be productive all the time, um, to recognize it's called summer break for a reason. Like you should give yourself a break. And what I've told Terry is it's perfectly Okay. If right now, if you don't have that much to do because all your projects are kind of in limbo, um, just to give yourself a break, give yourself some time off and don't force yourself to be productive. And I think it's been a hard adjustment um, for Terry. It was a hard adjustment for me to go from school like and all these businesses that we're, we're working on um, and you're just like swamped all the time, always have more to do. And then all of a sudden summer break hits and then you're like, wait a second, I got some free time. What do I do now? Um, and once you have that, that extra time, then you start feeling guilty if you're not spending it in a productive manner. Um, and so 
I guess this last point is just recognizing that summer or any type of transition period in your life can be an adjustment. Um, you just have to be okay with, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to um, always, you know, have more things to do and that's perfectly okay. Um, I think that's about all I have to say about these, these final two points, but Terry, anything else to add? Not personally. Um, but yeah, I would say that's pretty per, overall, pretty spot on. So, yeah. Um, let me, let me recap the points we went over for you guys, because it has been a little bit since we've done that. All right. So the first, first, um, principle was set reasonable, it says goals, but like maybe a better way to say is tasks, set reasonable tasks, uh, reasonable expectations of yourself for how much work you're getting done or that you want to get done that you need to get done. Set reasonable tasks. Principle number two, you need to set up systems before you'll be able to function well at anything else. So systems are critical to um, your life running smoothly, habits, routines, all those things. Number three, environment is key to getting things done. Number four, sleep is incredibly important to productivity and functionality. Number five, radical change is not feasible in the long term. So set sustainable goals and habits. Um, just meaning, I guess this comes back to an expectation thing. It's a recurring theme here in that um, you can't expect yourself to go from like say if you're super overweight, like 100 pounds overweight, it's not realistic to expect yourself to lose 100 pounds in a month, obviously. So set reasonable and incremental uh, goals that are sustainable. Uh, I, you can read a lot more about that particularly. I think the motivation myth, I've talked about it all the time, but it was, it was a pretty great book that talks a lot about these, these principles here. Number six, make your goals micro, micro small and realistic. Uh, basically, if you have a school paper to write, make the goal rather than write the whole school paper to outline the paper or write the first sentence of the paper. If your goal is to work out rather than a big, long workout three times a week or every day goal or whatever it may be, make the goal or write the task down as do a push-up uh, or just put your gym clothes on and drive to the gym. That's the goal. If you do that, you've accomplished it. So that's just set like ultra micro small goals that are so easy and so ridiculous, so ridiculously easy. You can't say no. Wrap up number seven, I think wrap up work earlier in the day to take the nights off and fall asleep earlier. This kind of ties back into the sleep thing being important for your health and mood and productivity on a daily basis. It also ties into the, the never ending pursuit of productivities, um, not great, uh, meaning be careful about how you're defining where, where you're finding fulfillment. And if it's from your work, that might be detrimental. That ties into that, what we were just talking about, uh, because an end of day, an end of workday routine and deadline structure there can be very, very helpful. Number eight, with a lot of time, we'll push things off till later. That's Parkinson's law. Number nine, Make your, make your goals more failable by dividing the cost of the cost over the week. Um, basically talking about how when we previously set up tasks or set up, uh, when we previously wrote our tasks, we would structure it in such a way that if we failed, we would lose the motivation to continue trying to build that habit for the rest of the week. 
when we changed it, we were getting measured on a daily basis rather than the whole week. Uh, that way, if we used more skips than we were allowed or we failed in some sense, we had the motivation, we failed that day, you know, um, then we had the motivation to continue trying to succeed and actually implement the habit or the goal uh, for the rest of the week for the following days. Number 10. Am I, did I get that right? Number 10 or number nine? I forget. It's either one. Um, urgency with some kind of deadline will fuel, fuel, you, fuel you to get more done and kind of tied into that is that time to stress. While they can hurt your mood, they can also be, um, they can also fuel productivity. Following that, summer is an adjustment period that takes a while to get of, <laughs> excuse me, that takes the while to get the hang of. And knowing that and easing into it is okay and allowing yourself to have breaks. And then lastly, the pursuit of productivity is never ending and unfulfilling. So don't base your worth on it. And at some point, you'll just have to call it quits for now. If, I, if I'm looking at all those, there's quite a few similar ones. And they kind of all tie back into um, not having completely unrealistic expectations for ourselves. How are we defining our happiness? How are we defining um, our fulfillment in day in and day out? Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we getting the sleep we need? Are we building the relationships with people we care about? And understanding how Parkinson's law work works in that if we give ourselves a certain amount of time to complete a task that can get done, that can be achieved in much smaller amount of time, then we'll use all of that time to get the very small task done. Um, all in all, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Now that I look at it. What do you think, Jacob? One of my mentors says, um, life is not easy, but it's simple. And these are the, these are the principles that you need for success. And, um, yeah, it's just cool how it all ties together. And it really um, comes down to a few points that if you can remember these things and implement these things and live by these things, then you're going to be successful, whatever that looks like for you. Um, so with that, guys, we're going to wrap this up, both the episode and the mini series on our accountability system. Um, Terry has uh, one last thing to say, and then I'll uh, leave you with the final farewell. I just wanted to mention that... Uh... I don't think these this these episodes, the three episodes we recorded in this mini series, are going to be like some life changing catalyst that turns you into a billionaire and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and you're like successful for the rest of your life. I mean, I hope it helps. I hope there's, I hope you got value out of it and enjoyed hearing us kind of recap a system we used to try to keep ourselves productive and focused over the last year. Um, but I would encourage action after listening to these things, listening to these episodes, because one thing I've noticed is I can read a great book. I mean, I can listen to a great podcast, but if I don't take action on it afterwards, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, so I don't know what that action looks like for you, whether it's picking up a book we mentioned here in the podcast and learning more about it, like everything we've been talking about, or whether it's finding a buddy who's like-minded to yourself and setting up a similar system system with them and reaping the benefits we've been talking about for yourself, whatever it is, I would just encourage you taking action because these things might sound simple, but they're really not going to stick. They're really not going to apply to your life unless you actually try to put them into use. 
I think that's just the big thing I've been learning. All the books I've been reading, a lot of them, they're all fantastic. But they all, like I walk away with just really simple revelations. Like, wow, the point that author is trying to make is really quite simple. It's not quite easy. I mean, it'll take work, real work. But it is really quite simple. And that's just something, like a little revelation I've been having <laughs> recently about the things I've been learning. There's some sort of quote. Uh, uh, I forget what it is, but it's like knowledge without action is, I don't know what the right word would be, but it's just like, it's like useless essentially. Um, unless you apply these things to your life then they're not going to get you anywhere really. And so start with one of them, pick one thing you could do after you stop listening to this and, you know, go out and implement it. And then over time, as you get that one thing down, move on to the next. Uh, and from there at some point, hopefully you'll have implemented all of them. And it's the, the combination of all these things that's going to lead you um, to where you want to be in life. Um, so with that said, guys, this is uh, the end of the episode. It's also the end um, of my podcasting time as we know it, as you guys know, I'm leaving on a six-month um, mission trip and I don't really know what my role is going to look like at TFF coming back, uh, whether I'll be an active content producer or not. Um, so this is kind of going to be the final podcast episode you guys see me on. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this. Um, all the episodes with Terry, with Chase, with the other members of the team, with all the guests we've had on. Um, really, podcasting has been like the time of my life. I've learned so much about it, um, grown so much, and uh, really just have no regrets about it at all. So with that said, um, it's actually funny I said that because that was the final point I wanted to mention. If there's one thing I want to leave you with, it's a uh, mindset for life. It's a cliche uh, mindset, but it's one that I think if you really have ingrained into your mind, it's going to change your life, change the way you live, change just everything about you. So the final thing um, is just realizing that any day uh, could be your last. And so you should live your life with no regrets. Sounds cliche. I know it does. Um, but really think about it like any day that you wake up is a blessing. It's a gift. Um, and it's the next day is not guaranteed. Even the rest of today is not guaranteed, right? So with everything you do, um, do it as if it could be the last time you do it. It's going to help you appreciate everything more, um, but it's also just going to help you really think about you know spending your time wisely and doing the things you want to do in life um, and really just like leaving things at a good place each time uh, you, you wake up. So uh, with that said, guys, Thank you so much for tuning in uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure and we will see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review and share this with someone who needs it.